Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced Profit First strategies and we share the authentic and honest ups and downs of being a business owner. It's an episode ending in five this is episode 55, so that means it's an episode featuring Profit First Nation fan favorite and Profit First Professionals' own chief strategic guide, Billy Ann Grigg. Billy Ann has been a bookkeeper since the turn of the century. She's a QuickBooks Online pro advisor, live plan expert advisor, and FreshBooks certified bean counter. Billy Ann started Pocket Protector Bookkeeping in 2012 to provide an excellent virtual bookkeeping and managerial accounting solution for small businesses that cannot yet justify employing a full-time in-house bookkeeping staff. Billy Ann last joined us on episode 45, and she is our recurring favorite and will be appearing on other episodes ending in five. Welcome back, Billy Ann. Thanks, Danielle. It's always fun to be here. I love the topics that you are bringing to this episode and talking about like reconciling profit first terminology with accounting terminology. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a question that comes up quite a bit. Um, and it can come up either from business owners who know a little bit about accounting and accounting terminology. Most frequently, though, these questions arise whenever a business owner is working with an accountant or bookkeeper who's not familiar with the Profit First system. So the really important thing to keep in mind about Profit First is that it is a cash management system. It's not an accounting system. So all the time um, I hear from business owners who are looking to do Profit First accounting. That's a bit of a misnomer. Uh, because your accounting isn't going to change much with Profit First. You'll have a few extra bank accounts on your balance sheet, but you're not really changing anything in your accounting. And some of the confusion arises because we use terms, accounting terms like profit and operating expenses, which in the accounting world have very specific meanings and which for business owners mean something completely different. So, for example, one of the questions I just got actually earlier today is profit the same thing as EBITDA? You know, is that your earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, all of that? Um, in profit first, it's not. In profit first, profit is very specifically the cash that is set aside and allocated for profit. 
Another way to think about it historically, it's the change in cash position in your business, whether it's gone up or down. But the important thing to remember is in profit first, we are talking about cash and cash movement. In accounting, that's not what profit is. Profit is at the bottom of your P&L, and I think every business owner has experienced that moment of confusion when their accountant says, hey, you made $10,000 in profit last year, and they go and look at their bank account and say, I have an overdraft fee. What do you mean I have $10,000 in profit? Where is it? So, um, you know, without getting too technical, in accounting, things go in different places, and all of that gets reconciled on the cash flow statement. In Profit First, we're simplifying that cash flow statement using terms that the business owner is already familiar with. Yeah, and I was kind of having a conversation with someone because we use profit interchangeably, but they definitely have two different meetings, as you pointed out, um, from the accounting definition and that being the bottom line on your income statement. And then um, in Profit First, um, I like to say it's the cold, hard cash in your business correlating to your profit first profitability. Because really, too, that tax account, if you're taking that money out of the business for the purpose of paying taxes, that's really coming out of the bottom line on your profit. Uh, Because anytime you take an owner's distribution from your company, you're ultimately wanting to take that based off the cash in your business and based off of the, the bottom line profit in the business, right? Right, right. Yeah. And you know what? That, that brings up a, a question that comes up a lot or a concern, I guess I should say. My accountant said that my business can't pay my taxes for me. Well, technically, that is true. However, that doesn't mean that you can't set aside the cash in your business and take it out as a distribution to yourself. So here's my little hack for that. On the balance sheet, I have sub-accounts for profit distributions and for tax distributions or tax payment distributions. And then the money that's pulled out of the business for the tax payment goes into that tax distribution account, gives the business owner a little bit more clarity about what's going on. It gives the accountant a little bit more clarity about what the business owner is doing with that cash. And it kind of reconciles those two worlds of your your business can't pay your taxes for you and well, you can pull cash out of your business to pay your taxes. Yeah. So in Profit First, the profit account, your owner's pay account, and your tax account are for the benefit of the owner. You're taking your profit out as a profit distribution. You're also keeping some of the profit in the business as retained earnings and and moving it into your vault account. And then your tax account. I love that idea because we, we actually just have one sort of owner's distribution account. And so, you know, when 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 we have to take some money out to, to pay taxes, we just plug it to that. But I like that idea of making a tax payment distribution account. So when you take that money out of your business, you're not charging it, you know, I mean, there there is a taxes account set up in QuickBooks, but this is a different taxes account when you take money out of your business to pay your taxes, especially when you're a sub- Chapter S Corporation, because you're paying those personally, not the business. Did I confuse things more? Sorry. No, I don't think so. I, I think you got it. I think you got it. It, it takes some time to kind of wrap your head around it a little bit. And um, your accountant or bookkeeper can really help you with that once they start understanding the profit first system. Or you could just work with a profit first accountant or bookkeeper and kind of 
uh, streamline that process a little bit more. You don't have to educate them. So that, yes, right. exactly. And then, you know, we I, we kind of touched a little bit on the balance sheet. Let's talk about, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't know how to read a balance sheet. I don't understand the purpose of a balance sheet. They usually have the income statement down uh, or the profit and loss statement. But why don't you school us on, on the balance sheet, Billy Ann? All right. So the balance sheet is part of your three-legged stool of, um, of financial statements. So Danielle, as you mentioned, most people are familiar with the profit and loss statement or the income statement. Different accounting softwares call it different things. But in accounting terminology, it's typically called the income statement. A lot of business owners have a passing awareness of the balance sheet, but they don't know what to do with it. And then there's the statement of cash flows, which, in my opinion, is the most important financial statement, and it's the one that everybody ignores. But those three financial statements are the three-legged stool in which your business kind of exists and runs. Your income statement shows earnings for a period, so your income and your expenses. Your balance sheet shows what you own and what you owe, and then your equity in the business. And then the statement of cash flows will reconcile those two to get you to this is how much cash you actually have. But to get back to that balance sheet. So your balance sheet shows three things. It shows your assets in your business. Those are the things that your business owns. And assets are they're your bank accounts. They are your accounts receivable if you have money that's owed to you. Um, they're your inventory. Uh, there are any equipment that you own, buildings that you own, etc. Um, you have your liabilities, and that's money that you owe. So that's loans that have payments due. Um, that is your accounts payable. It's any long-term kind of or short-term liability in your business, something that is going to have to be paid at some point. And then you have your equity. And equity is what's due to the business owner, if you will. So <laughs> I can get really technical on this, so just stop me, Danielle, if I start going too far down the rabbit hole. Um, the balance sheet follows an equation and it's assets equals uh, liabilities plus equity. And those, those sides of the equation have to stay in balance um, or else your balance sheet's out of balance and you have a problem with your bookkeeping. So it's really important to look at your balance sheet. It is presented as of a fixed point in time. So your income statement can be for a day, it can be for a week, a month, a year, five years, whatever. That's what your income statement is based on. But your balance sheet is for the entire history of your company as of a certain date. So if you look at your balance sheet as of 12-31-2020, it's going to show in summary form the entire history of your business. Um, and I really like going right down to that equity section to see how much of this business actually belongs to the owner. Um, it's sad and scary how many people have a negative equity section or very close to zero equity section because that business could be supporting you and you could be doing fine personally, but that basically says there's nothing else that that business owes to you at this point. And also too, you know, in that liability section, you want that clean too. Oh, yeah. Ideally, you want no liabilities on there. So definitely, you know, as a profit first nation and, and you're pulling your head out of that sand and you are becoming more comfortable and, and embracing and owning the financials of the business that you own, a good place to look at seeing, okay, what, what are my debts in the business? What, what do we need to prioritize? What do we need to pay down? That liability section of the balance sheet can give you that. And, you know, I mean, a lot of times if you've put money into the business, 
and loan the business money. Hopefully that has been posted correctly. But, um, you know, that's something that you could clean up too, because if you've, if you've loaned the business money, then you need to make sure that you're paying yourself back that loan so that you're cleaning up that liability section as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I mean, to the point about that liability section being clean and current and um, hopefully pretty much non-existent, if your liabilities are greater than your assets, that means you have negative equity. And that means that if you were to sell your business or close your business, you're not going to get anything out of it. And there's a chance, depending on how you're organized, that you as an individual might have to pay some money out of pocket just to, to close down the business to take care of those debts that you have. Let's talk a little bit about um, financials too. And and when you work with a bookkeeper or accountant, because this, this came up um, in a conversation I had with an individual. So typically, most people are working with a bookkeeper or an accountant to reconcile their financials on a monthly basis for you know the month prior. So the month completes, then your bookkeeper takes over, they reconcile everything, and now you have your financials through the last day of, of the prior month. In terms of cash flow, how does that impact a cash flow projection if your bookkeeper is sort of only reconciling prior months? How are you seeing your current revenue streams or your billings and such? Because I'm, I'm thinking of someone in particular who was not, well, they were manually invoicing about 150 clients a month and had not set up something in the system. So the invoicing was not really getting posted until the bookkeeper was reconciling the month. Does that make sense? Oh, yikes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they were driving blind, basically. The financial statements are, they're backward looking. I mean, that's, it's a history report, basically. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to downplay the importance of bookkeeping because bookkeeping is very important, says the bookkeeper. Um, but at the same time, those financial statements, they're historical documents, right? And they don't really do much to help you drive your business forward. Now, the, the bookkeeper in that situation, um, if they're only posting those invoices at the end of the month, you just have no idea how your business is shaping up, what you have available and accounts receivable, Um, there are a few different ways to go about that. I mean, number one, I would post those invoices as they are being sent out to the clients. That's definitely important. Um, but then there are some other things to do as well, like some cash flow projections, which aren't a a standard, um, accounting statement. It's more of a future focused sort of thing. So profit first will help you with the cash that's coming in, but it's still important to have that look forward and that projection point of things to kind of start pinpointing is there a problem coming down the road? Do I have uh, less money scheduled to come in than I have money scheduled to go out? And figure that out before you start sending out payments. Um, Because there are things that you can do if you know in enough time, like offer maybe a a small discount to pay early or um, follow up on collections for those past due invoices. If you have anybody that's even just a couple of days past due, go ahead and reach out to them. Because if they pay sooner, you're going to get the money. Um, you're more likely to get the money than if you let it go on and on and on and try to collect later. So what we're saying in, in a recap is, number one, make sure that you're keeping your your revenue current in your accounting system. Because again, that will help you be able to pull reports in real time about um, what's accounts receivable balances are, 
What's the aging for people? Who needs to start getting phone calls? You know, what kind of cash can you be expecting over the next two weeks um, before your next allocation day? And the other things that you can do too are, you know, if you're using QuickBooks, you can set up recurring billing in QuickBooks. And so, you know, I suggested to them and they're like, really? And, you know, because they were actually worried that they were having an admin do the recurring, um, and it was, I guess it's, it was manual billing, it wasn't even really recurring, but, you know, doing a manual process to charge um, clients every month for their monthly services and, you know, that could be something that can be set up and automated in, in QuickBooks. Um, and then you're seeing that revenue side a, a bit more in, in real time. So I think that there's, you know, you definitely want a bookkeeper or an accountant to be reconciling your books at the end of the month. But uh, you should also have them train you to do things so that you can start to see some real time information and and value, especially on the accounts receivable side in your business. Right, Billy Ann? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you don't want to be driving with a, a wind visor thing over your windshield. And that's uh, kind of what you're doing if you're just waiting till the end of the month to do things. And, you know, that's how bookkeepers and, and accountants are set up. I mean, they are they are helping you keep your books compliant. They are putting things in the right boxes. They're reconciling things. They're making things correct for you and you definitely need that expertise and you need that service but as the business owner yes you've heard me say it you have to own your financials so you have to know what's going on in your business in the current month because that's when you need to take action when you get reconciled financials for the month prior there's nothing you can do at that point. So work out a way in a system and work with your current bookkeeper or accountant so that you are able to understand and see things to a certain degree in real time. Or, you know, like we mentioned, creating some way if you're doing recurring billing, um, that that is just sort of automated in your accounting system as well. And then speaking of which, you know, we talked about reconciling the month and locking Locking prior periods, right, Billian? That is oh, something yeah. that, um, sadly, the majority, at least that I've come in contact with when I'm talking to business owners, don't have their books um, locked for prior periods. And so I will defer to my uh, bookkeeping guru here, Billian, on the importance of that. Thanks, Danielle. Yeah, um, I can't say enough about how important it is to lock your books, at least annually. I mean, if you're not going to do it every month, if you have a complicated set of books, you should be locking your books monthly. Um, but at, at the very least, at the end of the fiscal year, you need to be locking your books. It's really, really easy to do, to just go in and set a password, um, lock the books, set the password personally, whenever I'm setting a lock, I probably shouldn't be saying this because now everybody will be able to figure it out. But I use month, month, day, day, and then the four digit year as the password. And then that way I don't have to stop and think, oh, wait, you know, what was the password for this account? Um, some accountants and bookkeepers who I know um, lock books for their clients will actually put in something like 10,000 and say, this is what I'm going to charge you if you unlock it and mess up something in the prior period. Because that's what you want to prevent you don't want to go and undo or change things um, from a prior completed period, especially if a tax return has been filed. 
um, but also if you're making business decisions. And it's really easy to do. I would say it's probably easier to change something in a period for the current calendar year than a previous year because QuickBooks is automatically going to just say, oh, you're posting something in this current year. Um, and it, oh my gosh, the, the havoc it can wreak to just go in and accidentally delete a payment from a previous year or change an invoice or um, unreconcile a transaction and you don't want to do that. So absolutely set that lock date on your on your uh, bookkeeping file at the end of each completed period. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm definitely a fan of doing it um, on on a monthly basis, because, again, you know, if you do, if you do it annually and you did that fat finger uh, typo um, on a February transaction, now you got to like go back through each month to kind of figure out what happened here. It's a non-negotiable in my opinion. Like if there's one thing that, um, well, there's probably 10 things, but but this is one of those 10 things that uh, you should be adamant about with your bookkeeping because you're going to grow and you're going to have more people as you grow and scale, be involved and probably helping and assisting and having their own logins in QuickBooks or your accounting software. And so, you know, you definitely want to limit the hands that are coming in. And, and, and of course, they're not doing it on purpose. Accidents happen all the time. But if you lock your prior periods in your accounting software, then um, you have little to no risk of a $10,000 um, mistake happening that you have to fix. Right. All right. Well, thank you again, Billy Ann, for joining us. If you want your own Billy Ann, you are in luck. There are bookkeepers, accountants, and coaches in this world with the heart of a teacher ready to serve you and your business with their certified Profit First knowledge, skills, and experience. Just visit ProfitFirstNation.com and click on Connect to connect with one of Billy Ann and I's fellow certified Profit First professional peeps. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friend. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, accounting, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.